John chapter 15, John chapter 15, I, uh, I was thinking about uh, being so discouraged last night after the Michigan loss that I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't mention it this morning because I want to preach on how to get our joy back. That's my message. I guess the worst thing about rooting for a team and having them lose a, a big game is is you get a, a text from all your friends that you've rubbed it in on before. And I must have got 30 texts from my friend Brother Hector last night. 
And, um, well, let's move on. We just... But I thought I'd bring that up because my message is today how to get our joy back. I, I see a lot of Christians, I've noticed this for some years now, that have joy in their heart, in their soul, when everything's going their way. I think that's kind of natural for us to do such. But the Bible word joy means joy in spite of circumstances, joy in spite of uh, situations that may be upon us. Uh, It's a true deep joy, deep down within, the peace of God that passes all understanding. And uh, I I would love for God's people to get that joy again in their hearts, even during difficult times. John chapter 15, the Lord speaks of this. We'll read one verse, we'll pray, and we'll get into our thoughts today. John chapter 15, verse 11, pay attention to what Jesus says. He says, these things have I spoken unto you that, notice, my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Now pay attention to that, we'll read it again. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for what we've already experienced. Thank you for this, the good Sunday school lesson we, we, we had this morning on integrity. And Lord, we now ask for your help as we approach your word on the subject of joy in the Christian heart and life. And uh, Lord, I know as pastor of this church that you've given me that there are many in this flock that uh, are going through difficult, difficult times. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that you'd uplift them, help us all to have joy in spite of, Lord. Uh, and that's, that's something that only you can give us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Brother John Ashley is currently writing a book, and I think the title is In Spite Of. Uh, and it's got to do with um, Johnny's birth and life and his passing, everything in between, and uh, how, uh, how God has led him to write this book to help others that facing uh, the same hardships with a child of, of, uh, of birth defect, of, of difficulty, and though, though helping people that have lost a child uh, to the grave. And Brother John's going to be here preaching for us beginning of next year. He's right now felt led of the Lord to go and, and, uh, and, and preach and teach in different ministries to help people that are hurting. And uh, this book is soon to come out. But I was thinking about what he told me the book was in spite of. And, and I, I was thinking about Christian people that need to have the joy of the Lord in spite of what they're going through. Now, as Jesus wrote these words in John chapter 15, we need to realize when and why he he said these words. Uh, The when here is he's uttering these words as he's facing perhaps the darkest hours of his earthly life. Uh, He was soon to go to Gethsemane. And uh, he was soon to uh, uh, have his own father turn his back on him. And that fellowship be broken uh, that had always been. And he... Uh, is asking his father in that garden 
as he prayed to remove that cup of bitterness from him that he was going to drink. It was looming just around the corner in his life. That's the context. That's when the Lord wrote these words to have joy. Uh, He soon is going to face false accusers. Our Lord is going to face that maddening crowd. He's He's going to face the taunts and the snares of those that hated him and wanted nothing to do with him nor his kingdom uh, to come. Go to Isaiah chapter 53, if you would. And of course, this is uh, 700 years uh, prior. Uh, Isaiah writes these words about the Lord being a man of suffering. And he says in in Isaiah chapter 53, uh, these famous words, who hath believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as the sheep before her shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he smitten or stricken. He, was, he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he hath done no violence. Neither was any uh, deceit found in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief when... When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. Uh, By his knowledge shall many righteous servants justify many, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Oh, what a great chapter. Uh, Hundreds of years before the actual happening, Isaiah describes what in detail the Lord uh, did uh, experience on the cross of Calvary. Yet in all his agony, and before it all took place, The Lord speaks of joy and gladness. When you read these verses, it doesn't appear to be much joy or gladness mentioned. But the Lord Jesus had a joy in doing his Father's will. He had gladness in in partaking in the redemption of mankind. And so the Lord is speaking to his own here in John 15. And he speaks of my joy, his own joy. And he says, I want to give it to you. 
to remain in you for when you're going through your difficult hours and times. What a Savior. We just said, oh, what a Savior is mine. That he would think about me during his hardest, darkest hours. He would think that there would be times along the road of my life that I would need encouragement along the way. Amen? And uh, it's interesting that this time in the scripture that Jesus speaks of his joy. So much of the time, we as as believers in this this church age, this dispensation of grace, we're thinking about our joy. What brings us joy? And oftentimes we're not really looking for joy, we're looking for happiness. What brings us happiness? Happiness comes from happenings. The things that go right in our life. But everything doesn't go right. Right? And so that's when we need to depend upon the joy, and not our own, but the joy of the Lord that's deep within us. There are going to be times of suffering. There are going to be times of sorrow. And uh, there are going to be times where we fall prey to sin. And so the Lord wants to remind us that we can have His joy in the midst of, in spite of, during suffering and trial and trouble. Amen? And we're going to face these. The older we get and the longer we live on this earth, uh, the more uh, life will uh, seek to rob us of that joy and that gladness. But the Lord is present. He wants us to enjoy His joy at that time. His joy. In John chapter 15 and verse 11, These things have I spoken unto you. He's referring to the things that He has already told them. And he says that my joy might remain in you. That's a key word, remain. We'll come back to that. And so this morning I want to speak about no matter what you may be going through right now. What you're facing. uh, Perhaps what you've been enduring for quite some time. That there is joy in spite of. The first thing we see this morning, Christian joy should be in the life of all born again followers of Christ. It's not something that... Uh, is going to be present in most Christian life. No, the Bible says there's the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering. If you're saved, you're going to have the joy of the Lord. And we want the fullness of joy that comes from a relationship with Christ. But again, I see many Christians today that appear so sad and gloomy and grouchy and dejected. Uh, And we ought to, of all people, have the joy of the Lord in our hearts. Uh, Why is that true? Well, hey, first of all, all our sins have been forgiven. They're all under the blood. Amen. Hey, our eternal destiny has been secure. We're on our way to heaven one day. The Lord is our traveling partner as we journey through life. Sure, you say, preacher, it's not that easy I'm going through a hardship of finance. I'm going through a hardship of health. I'm going through a hardship of family. I'm going through a hardship of of emotion. Yes, those are all true. But you can't make it on your joy, friend. He's reminding us, take his joy. Let my joy be upon you. And that's where the relationship with Christ is so important. So many Christians today, they just go to church. They don't, know the, they don't know the relationship they can have with the Lord on a daily basis. In His Word and through prayer and through the Holy Ghost ministry. Amen. Through Christian service. 
through the fellowship of the saints, and on and on and on, we can know the joy of the Lord in spite of our difficulties. But if Christians are going to be content to come to church on a Sunday morning and do God a favor, and maybe even be so much as come on Sunday night, and maybe even a Wednesday midweek church goer, doesn't mean you're going to have the joy of the Lord. You see, because it's not in services, it's in a relationship. And he's, notice he said, you can have my joy, and that my joy may remain in you. Remain in you when you're going to face these trials and troubles and difficulties of life. Paul writes in Philippians 4 and verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord, and again I say, rejoice. He says it again in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, Rejoice evermore. And the meaning of these words is that that we should look at life with a brighter look, a more hopeful look, a a, a more pleasant experience. And we can if we know we have that deep abiding presence of the Lord in spite of what we're going through. Now, we won't turn here for time's sake this morning, but I'll give you the references and you can look. I'll I'll read a few of them uh, as we go. But there's joy at conversion. That's obvious. In Acts chapter 8 in verse uh, 39, we read these words. It says, And when they were come out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, and the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way, listen, rejoicing. This is the experience of that Ethiopian eunuch. He'd been looking for God for a long time. Here's a man that was in a... Uh, a, a false religion. He was an Ethiopian eunuch. He was an African who traveled all the way to Jerusalem. Now, what is an African traveling all the way to Jerusalem for? He was searching for God. He had seen the Hebrew people, and he saw there was something about them, and he was looking for something to fill the void in his own life. And as he went, he didn't get it. And he's on his way, and he's dejected, and here's where God sends an ambassador. God sends a representative of heaven. He takes Philip out of revival and brings him to the desert. Nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. And here's God's man as he hears this Ethiopian eunuch reading the book of Isaiah. But he didn't understand what he was reading. And he says to him, do you understand what you're reading? He said, how can I? Except some man show me, tell me. And he began at the same scriptures and preached unto him Jesus. Hey folks, that's it. That's what people are missing today. You have a lot of loved ones, relatives, friends, family members, and you know what they got? They got religion. Many people have religion, but they don't have Jesus. And there are many Christians that have faith in Christ, but then they go back out into the world. They don't have a walk with God. And so really, there's no relationship with Jesus. And so pretty much we're on our own in difficult times. Sooner or later, saint of God, you are going to face a trial, a trouble, a a difficulty that you cannot get out of all by yourself. See, that's kind of how we do today. We're okay until there's a bump in the road and then we go to automatic drive in our way of handling it. But you know what's going to happen one of these days? You're going to have something enter your life that you cannot fix. You cannot sidestep. You cannot go around it. And listen, and you can't get enough advice for. That's what we do. We go to other people. The Bible says there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors, but you better not forget the number one counselor. 
The Lord wants you to have his joy in spite of the pain. It starts at conversion. In the word of God, we, there's joy as we read the word of God. Jeremiah said it was like a, a fire with deep within him as he needed God's leading. In Jeremiah 15 and verse 16, look it up later. There was the word of God ministering to his heart. We get joy through access of prayer. As we come to the Lord by ourselves. You know, we're good at this. We're good at saying to people, and I'm going to be preaching a little bit on this tonight. A pray for me. It's not wrong for us to ask for prayer. But too often we're asking everybody and his brother and sister to pray. And we haven't even prayed to our God. We're not on praying ground so we don't feel worthy. So we ask other people to pray for us. I don't want a backdoor prayer life. I want a relationship with my God, my Father, and tell Him my burdens. Joy in spite of the trials and problems of life. Joy even during suffering, according to the Word of God, Acts 5 and verse 41. You remember they were in prison for preaching the Word of God, and as they were suffering, uh, 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 Paul and Silas were suffering in that prison, they had joy in their hearts, and they sang unto the Lord, and all those other prisoners heard their song. At midnight. Joy in serving Jesus. We sing that song all the time around here. But do we have the joy of serving Jesus? There's joy at the end of life's journey as well. You know, I've not got there yet. I believe God gives dying grace, if you would, the joy that we're going to need when it's the proper time. And God will bring, bring it to us and meet the need. Hey, as a pastor, I have seen so many people go out into eternity. And I've seen many people go out without the joy of the Lord in their heart. Because they were lost or they weren't sure. But I have seen the saints of God go out with joy. Because they, had, they knew whom they had believed on. And they were looking forward to seeing him real soon. Hey, listen, that's a question for you today. Do you know that you know that you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior. Amen. And so he's praying for them to retain his joy. Second of all, consider the joy that should be in our lives as we experience different things. He, he mentions my joy be in you here in John 15 verse 11. Christ's joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength, the psalmist says. In Galatians 2.20 Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How could he write those words? Paul could write those words because he had the joy of the Lord. A relationship deep within his heart. Colossians 3 and verse 4. When Christ who is our life shall appear, shall we also appear with him in glory. Christ's joy. Christ's joy gets us through the difficult times. They'll eventually come our way. Sooner or later, we're going to face hardship. We need, that's when our real faith will show up. Or a false faith. We can, we can sing all the songs in church you want to. But can you sing the songs when you're going through the trials? Amen. In the midnight hour. In the private times. Deep down joy. In spite of past or present circumstances. Concerns of heart. So Christ's joy he's speaking about here. Fullness of joy. He goes on and says that your joy might be full. 
Now there's a big difference between joy and fullness of joy. Listen, a vessel can be partly filled or completely filled. It's our Lord's desire that we be full of joy. You know, there are people that I run into every once in a while that have the fullness of joy. And they're so pleasant to be around. Now I'm going to talk about this man because he's not present here this morning. But if you think about somebody that has the joy of the Lord, I want you to think about being around Gene Bulka. Now, Brother Gene Bulka is the real deal. You know, he's about almost 90 years old. I don't know if you realize that. And he doesn't live like it or act like it. That guy's got a, a skip in his step all the time. But you get around him personally, folks. He's got the joy of the Lord. Sincerely. Now, ask yourself, have you run into that many Christians that way recently? No. People are under their circumstances most of the time. People are living in doubt too much of the time. But there are people that have sincere joy of the Lord. And when I get around a person like that, it makes me want to be around them. Oh, Brother J.E. Glass, my old preacher. The joy of the Lord in spite of all that he goes through. Does he have heartache? Yes. Was he a perfect pastor? By no means. But what a man of joy. Him and his dear wife Lucy. I tell you, we got another one in our church. Brother Rick Coppy is a man of joy. In spite of what he goes through. But this guy tells jokes at funerals. And he'll keep you entertained. And he's not playing games. That's just the spirit. Brother, Brother Rick has the joy of the Lord. Amen. And, you know, we need to learn from these individuals that have tapped into something. It's the fullness of joy. They're comfortable in their life. And they're comfortable in their relationship with others. And especially with God. Psalm 16 and verse 11. That will show, uh, that will show uh, uh, men, the, me, the path of life. Uh, uh, in thy presence of fullness of joy, the psalmist said. Now, I think Brother Rick, to be honest with you, one of the reasons why Brother Rick has one of those spirits he just like to be around him is because of his wife. Mitty is that way. All that she's gone through, she still is, she's, she's outgoing, she's funny, she's witty. Uh, you don't, you don't get them, see them down too much, and when they are, they've really gone through something. But they don't stay down very long. There's a natural joy of the Lord. John 17 and verse 13, these things I speak in the world that they might have joy fulfilled in themselves. 1 Peter 1, 8, whom having not seen you love and whom though now you see him not yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hey, we're going to see him very soon. There's abiding joy. John 15 and verse 11, that my joy may be in you. And he said, and remain. The word remain means to stay. It means not to diminish. And he mentioned this remaining. He mentions it in John chapter 15 six times. He mentions it in verse 4, verse 5, verse 6, verse 7, 9, and 10. Remaining. Always abound. Always remaining. You know, to be around a joyful believer is something else. It's contagious. 
It, 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 it's uh, encouraging. It's inspiring. It's, you, you don't mind being around them. And listen, it's not that they don't have problems. It's that they don't let the problems overtake them. They've learned in some way to turn them over to the Lord. Amen. The first followers of the Lord, you know, they passed through great persecution and hardship. And the Lord encouraged them. And they kept their joy. Hey folks, they were being beaten. They were being, they lost their jobs. They were homeless. That's where the first offerings, that's why they came up with the first deacons to begin with in the local church. To distribute the food and the necessities to those that were suffering hardship during a church age of persecution. But they kept their joy. Barnabas was a man of joy, I believe. Barnabas was a man that was helpful in the New Testament church. One of the early church leaders. You know what? I just can't imagine what it was like to be around a man named Barnabas. A generous man who sold everything he had and laid it at the apostles' feet. A man that didn't have to be number one. He, he submitted to the apostle Paul. Amen. Many times.